What's up, beer drinkers and whiskey drinkers? We got another great show for you again this week. I drink a great beer. Sorcerer Chromatic drinks a great bourbon. And we have some great content for you, starting with the beer news. Uh, and then we honor uh, the women in brewing uh, with our cold brew list and women owned breweries in the nation. And then at the end, I talked a little bit about my, uh, my weekend. Uh, going to the movies, seeing uh, Scream 6, and two of the uh, the beer things that pop up, beer things, I uh, I bought a beer, and something happens at the, <laughs> at the bar, and then in the, in the, in the movie, uh, uh, there is a, uh, a big brewer that's featured, and I talk about that, and how uh, obvious it was to someone like me, and then after that, uh, we uh, talk about the Mandalorian, uh, chapter three, or, you know, season three, excuse me, chapter two. And uh, we talk about all the good things there within. So don't forget to follow us on Untapped and Instagram. Search Cold Brew Podcast and friend us and we'll friend you back. But right now, it's time for another Cold Brew. Coming at you pre-recorded from Cold Brew Studios, I am Greg, he is Sorcerer Chromatic, and we're here to talk about beer. Yes, we are. Well, right. you are. <laughs> oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah, because you're still on your your Lenten fast of, of beer, but you still got your, your hey, you're with us in spirit. Yo. <laughs> you like that? <laughs> Just came over there right now. Actually, I had a team of writers. Exactly. Mm. They're interns, though, so it's not like we have to pay them. All right, um, how you doing this week, man? Good. Good, quick week. Felt like, yeah. Oh, is um, it because you had a lot going on, football, or what? A little bit of this, a little bit of that. Yeah, a lot going on. Uh, Working stuff uh, just seemed to go by today to, like, some projects and media and stuff. Oh, nice. Well, and, uh, that's, that's always good. Yeah. All right, cool. Uh, were you ready? Um, you ready to talk about beer and whiskey? Sure. All right, let's get to it then. All right, so I have with me from our good friends up in Phoenix, Arizona at Kitsune Brewing Company. Tyler and his crew over there collabed with another friend of mine, Big Sexy, Mike 23. For those of you out there in Arizona land, Big Sexy 23 is somebody to follow on Instagram. I've hung out with him a couple times back just this past weekend. I hung out with him and... He's a big beer dude in the community, and he's a big dude. I mean, he really wears the moniker well. Um, I think uh, Kevin Nash, Big Sexy Kevin Nash, would uh, would not mind him using the Big Sexy moniker. So, anyway, this is a s'mores stout. It's called Big S'mores Stout, the Marshmallow Milk Stout. And just like uh, you would expect, it's got graham cracker, chocolate, and marshmallows in it. So... Um, and it is 8.4% alcohol by volume with an IBU rating of 20. So without further ado, Papa. What do you got? I have from our good friends at Elijah Craig. Ooh. And one of their bourbons, um, it is their barrel-proof bourbon. Ooh, barrel. Wow, barrel proof. I like that. So, to sip barrel... Okay, according to the website, to sip barrel proof is to experience bourbon in its purest form. Uncut, straight from the barrel, and without filtering. Each bottle is labeled with its unique proof and batch number. But the nose, taste, and finish are pure Elijah Craig. Hey, uncut? That's how I like my, my cooking. A few years. I want to say... I want to say like 17. Oh, okay. So it's been aging in the yeah. conditioning in the bottle as well? <laughs> no, 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 no. In, yeah, like they make it every year, but just in, in 2017, what was produced um, one uh, whiskey of the year. Oh, okay. Oh, I, I see. I see what you mean. I missed that part. 
Yeah, but age-wise though, the age statement on this one is 12 years, so it's got it's got some barrel miles on it. All right, so um, this bottle though it has a cork, so I'm gonna try to um, cork off, if you will, <laughs> to get the sound effect. <laughs> Dude, it's been a while. You lousy cork suckers. Ooh, that sounds good. Yeah, that's a good one. All right, here we go. Have you ever tried a cyber or saber uh, a bottle of anything? Oh, yeah. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> How did that go? Terrible. <laughs> I haven't had the balls to do it yet. Yeah, well, like if you look like a fancy restaurant and whatnot, mm -hmm. um, they they have a, a saber that that's like not sharp, but just like a, a, a it looks it looks like a sword shape. Um, mm -hmm. In fact. It's too could just be considered a dull sword. No, I wouldn't call it a dull sword because it, it's kind of shorter. But like they have a, a flat, like it, it, it's it's polished, looks nice. It's like, a, like a, a flat, a large butter knife. There you go. <laughs> no, <laughs> with the pearl handle. Uh, imagine uh, one of those long shoehorns that you don't have to bend over to use. <laughs> with just flat, right. Oh, I've but, always wanted to do if, it. If you, well, put it this way: if you know what you're doing, you don't really need you don't need an edge. You just need to like slide it along, hit the neck right, you know, right at the seam. At the seam, yeah. Voila. Yeah, but I uh, when I did it, I did it with, with a with a straight up butcher knife that was heavy, and I actually kind of just punched into the glass instead of sliding up. So it oh. was it was terrible. <laughs> okay. All right. It's too bad you didn't I, record I it. I didn't know. Uh, shoot, I was dating my wife at the time, but we weren't together on New Year's. And um, so she watched me, like I, I set up a FaceTime and she watched me do it. <laughs> and she still married you, huh? Oh, yeah. You do, but, but I got a picture of it. Uh, I'll send it to you. Yeah, all right. <laughs> That's hilarious. I, right. I, yeah, it's it, it's a picture of the bottle afterwards. It's not a um, oh, okay. an actual. Um, it's not. The, it's not the video. Yeah, it's not like a, a still of in the action. Right. The action shot. Um, let me ask you this, but because this is the third week you've done it, uh, where you've um, uncorked or unbottled, or where you've had whiskey on the show. What are you pouring it in? Are you you have a snifter? Do you have just a tumbler? What what do you got? <laughs> it's a. It's actually the little tasting uh, glass from Firestone Water. Oh, okay. So it's a, it's like a small uh, miniature tulip. There you go. Oh, okay. All right. Very nice. It's funny. I, I have a tulip uh, myself. Um, for my it's bigger though. It's not, it's not the Firestone Walker one. <laughs> but uh, speaking of my beer, um, this was really good. You know, it, even though it says marshmallow milk stout, I was waiting for like a super sweet, you know, dessert stout and it's not it really is not i get a lot more of the graham cracker than the chocolate or the or the marshmallow and i can appreciate that because you know it, if i'm drinking a 16 ounce which this is 16 ounces of this um s'more stout i don't want to be inundated with you know the the sugary sweetness of a of a dessert stout i don't mind sharing it or, or doing a excuse me doing a uh, you know a, a small pour of it but man this is this is really good this is better than i thought it was gonna be um i got this from uh big sexy himself when uh i met up with him and a bunch of other other bunch of other beer nerds in arizona in uh uh last weekend um and he just i had no idea he was gonna bring this and he brought it to me because or he brought it to us he said he had a few of them so he gave us each a a, a 16 ounce and so this is the first time i've had it in I'm I'm pleasantly surprised. I didn't, you know, I didn't even ask him. I asked him how it came out when uh, it got first brewed, like a couple months ago, and he said it, it came out uh, great and everything. But I haven't heard any reviews about it, um, so I didn't know what to expect. I was expecting a, a super sweet, chocolatey, marshmallowy stout, and this is more like a like a true stout with just like a, a hint of the the graham and the chocolate and the marshmallow. So. Very fucking well done. I really like this. This is really good. 
Ooh. You're right. Yeah, this is a strong one. Um, <laughs> you know, to be honest, like that's another thing I haven't really shared this, but um, during the week I I don't really drink that much whiskey. So mm-hmm. the the first week when I did the Weller sample, like I um uh, I had a few other uh, pours later on during the week, but the right I didn't. Yeah. And then coming back to this one, I've had this one before, and uh, it's a heavy hitter in a lot of mm. a lot of aspects. I mean, it's it got some sweetness. It's it just bold. In fact, I um I did forget those details now that you uh, mentioned it. But the proof on this bad boy is one thirty one point four, so that's sixty five point seven percent alcohol. Ooh, damn! Yeah, that's a big one. Yeah, and then um. For those of you that are familiar with this one, this, this is a, a C bottle. It's C918. What does that mean? Um, I'm not too sure about the 1-8. A lot of people just go by the ABC. because That's like the time of the year it was a bottle. Mm, so during a C, a C month. Be, not a C month, but a C, the C <laughs> back. It's like, you know, uh, divide the... Uh, Divide the Europe in trimesters, if you will. Oh, and the thirds, yeah. So it's yeah. Uh, the latter half of the year. Right. Hmm. It's to my understanding. I wonder why they do instead of thirds, instead of quarters, instead of thirds, but whatever. I mean, those distillers, they, they're in their own world. <laughs> yeah, who knows what they're doing? <laughs> right. Those fucking moonshiners. All right, man. Um, sounds good. Um, I know uh, a lot of uh, brewers uh, love getting their hands on Elijah Craig barrels, so that's a that's a that's a good one, man. That's a first time you've had we've had Elijah Craig on the show, so um, good to see him. All right, so we will rate our beer and whiskey later on during the show during our untapped portion of the show. But right now, it is time. For some beer news. All right, so uh, I'm going to keep this short because I know we have a a couple of long segments later on. The only one beer story that I saw that I want to talk about is uh, AB InBev. We talk about them a lot. And... You know, I've had some, you know, criticisms about them. I've also had some positive things to say. Uh, this time, eh, a little bit indifferent. This comes to us from our uh, venerable buddies over at Bind Pair. Here's the headline. AB InBev bought its way into craft brewing corner. Now it's trying to cut its way out. It's been a rough few weeks for the brands in Anheuser-Busch InBev's erstwhile craft brewing portfolio. Ooh, that's uh, from our friend David Fonte. I've, I've read uh, an article of his before on the show. Uh, the company has laid off an unknown number of workers from at least half dozen formerly independent breweries across the country and effectively shuttered one entirely. Insiders speculate there are more cuts on the horizon for ABI's Microbrewing by Proxy Business Unit, which has struggled mightily as tailwinds turned into headwinds on the overall American craft beer segment over the past half decade. It's a shocking reversal for a company that was buying craft breweries and touting their innovation potential as recently as 2019, or would it or would be if this fall weren't the predictable result of overextension? underappreciation, and macro brewer brand mismanagement that took place in plain view. Let's begin at the end of, for now, of AB InBev corporate craft brewing foray, the layoffs themselves. The headcount and details are a little murkier, and the company is, of course, keeping mum about them, but they're very much afoot. In late February, Trade Pub Brewbound reported some number of pink slips at Blue Point Brewery, acquired 2014 based on Long Island, Devil's Backbone Brewing Company, 2016 Nelson County, Virginia, Golden Brewing, Golden Road Brewing, 2015 Los Angeles, Carbatch or Carbach, excuse me, Brewing, 2016 Houston Wicked Wind Brewing, 
2017, Asheville, North Carolina, invades the sewer. Miami launched in 2017. A week later, Good Beer Hunting noted that some number of marketing staffers who supported ABI's craft brewing portfolio from the company's New York City office have also been laid off. The consensus was like craft means nothing to AB InBev. One anonymous former employee told Kate Bruno, We're not just a cog in a wheel being a craft brand. We're a cog in a wheel in a cog in a wheel in a cog in a wheel. We don't move the needle in any way. ABI, for its part, issued a written statement about the layoffs in which Andy Thomas, the president of companies regularly reorganized craft and more portfolio, the high end, elided specifics and insisted the group was, quote, staying laser focused on continuing to lead growth in the segment, unquote. The firm did not respond to Hop Take's request for comment on this column. So, I mean, I get it. The when 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 it comes to uh, corporate takeovers, the corporation that takes over the, the smaller firm always always says nothing's going to change. It's always going to be the same. But you can't predict the future. You don't know what the future is going to to be and if this segment of the portfolio is not performing, they're going to try to trim costs anywhere they can, especially with redundancy and overlapping segments and markets. And just it's it, w it was meant to be like I'm not I am not shocked. I am not surprised. And I'm not sorry for these people who got laid off because the writing was on the wall. They they probably should have fucking seen it to begin with. And ABMBIV is, is all about their bottom line. And if you are costing them money, they are not making money. Does that make sense? Yeah, I get to say. I mean, again, it's, you know, as you think about it, it's kind of like um, when I when I was watching the news today, there's a lot of uh, uh, houses in California that are damaged because of the, the, the water. Oh, yeah. But, you know, they're, uh, not the, the rain, but... They're, um, you know, they're in the mountains. Mm -hmm. what, what do you expect? You know, mountains are road. You know, it, mm -hmm. you're, uh, the neighborhood next to you, or that was next to you, they eroded away two years ago. What, what makes you think it was going to come for you? <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, like, like in the coastal houses as well. Right. That's exactly what I'm saying, yeah. And then, uh, and, well, then the stories now, too, is, uh, you know, insurance companies are, are, uh, are dropping houses that are in fire zones. Oh, are you serious? Like, I didn't know that. Yeah. So like the last, the last three years, there've been, uh, you know, a lot of California wildfires mm -hmm. fires that have, uh, Hey, just hey, uh, get a rake. Yeah. That's former, <laughs> uh, former president Trump said, <laughs> right. <laughs> you don't need insurance, <laughs> but, but, uh, <laughs> but I just, I just, I mean, I was a little bit surprised because, you know, uh, the whole insurance game. I mean, you can make a lot of money, though. So. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you can. Yeah, insurance. It's a little bit of a racket, insurance. <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> Just ask the the, uh, the health uh, insurance uh, industry. Oh, yeah. But, yeah, what I want to say is as harsh as, as the take may be, the, the fact that people don't read the writing on the wall or, or you mm -hmm. know, are the ones that the that um they're they're not realistic yeah are they comfortable maybe maybe they felt oh yeah you know that might happen one day so i'll be you know i'll be looking around and, and try to get out of here before that happens and then mm -hmm. they just get too comfortable and they never really look around and you know they don't make that effort to really set themselves up for the next spot yeah but i mean the, the signs have been been there for the last like six seven months maybe even eight months that there's a global recession around the corner now whether we even hit that or not companies are already like preparing for it abm is a global uh, corporation so they're obviously preparing for it now but no, i get you but um what Ooh. ifs are you all right another another uh surprise sip or what yeah, it's packing a punch. <laughs> All right. We better hurry up before you get sloshed and then you can't even get through your cold brew list. Right. 
<laughs> All right. So speaking of which, hey, what a segue, right? <laughs> Might be my best segue ever. You know what time it is? Yeah. It's time for everyone's favorite segment on Cold Brew because it's my favorite segment. It's time for the Cold Brew List. As we As proceed, we proceed to give you what give you need. Let me ask you this. Hmm. What month are we? Ooh, March, the month of spring, and St. Patty's Day. Okay. Um, March is it March Women's Month? Yes, it is. Yeah, the national yeah. month to recognize the accomplishments of women. In March eighth is International Women's Day. So, right. As I say, I know Women's Day was this uh, this week. In fact, I, I got something I've heard of to uh, share with you about that, but um. I have a list of women-owned breweries. Hmm. All right. And I will share them because a lot of these breweries I know, and I did not know that they were women-owned. Okay. Nice. I like it. The first one. The Alchemist. Really? Oh, you know, no, 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 no. I, I think you you mentioned that before. Well, not you know women's owned uh women's own brewery list, but just uh you mentioned uh, a woman ha- owns uh, the Alchemist. Sorry, <laughs> I'm stumbling right now. I'm, I'm looking through the article that you sent me. Right. Mm-hmm. Ooh, this bourbon. <laughs> every every single sip. You should have poured yourself a smaller I sip, know. bro. Hey, 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 hey. <laughs> All right, next. Next is Twin Elephant Brewing Company. Ooh, tw- I like the name. Yeah, not too familiar with them. So the Alchemist is well, in Vermont. Where's the Twin Elephant at? Uh, I'm not sure. I'm looking. I look in the first. Uh, New Jersey. There you go. Let's say it again. New Jersey. Oh, okay. Nice. Next. Is Rhythm Brewing Company. Oh, I like that. I think you mentioned them before, like uh, on a different yeah, list. Yeah, sounds familiar. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they are out of New Haven, Connecticut. Oh, nice. <laughs> Moving on, the Raleigh Brewing Company is woman known. And where are they at? <laughs> uh, Daytona, Florida. <laughs> <laughs> I'm telling you, man. When you name it after a city, it, it's 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 like whether your parents are divorced or not. It's fifty fifty. Right. Especially if it's that city's in the Carolinas. <laughs> Shit, dude, you're gonna just banned in the Carolinas, man. Oh, dude. <laughs> uh, next, first magnitude brewing company. Pop, pop. They are located at a Gainesville store. <laughs> okay. And I see another in Florida. I, I, I kind of predicted it. Next is Harris Brewery and Cider House. Oh, they do both, huh? Apparently. All right. I haven't um, heard of them. They're, they're in Chicago. Chi Town. My town. Speculation Artisan Ales is also on this list. They are out of Grand Rapids, Michigan. Oh, okay, nice. Next is Giant Jones Brewing Company. Isn't there a Giant Brewing Company? Yes, yes, there is. So, giant. this is Giant Jones. <laughs> I'm Giant Jones! <laughs> <laughs> um, let's see what I have. Uh, Wisconsin. Out of Wisconsin. Mm. Next. And next, Equity Brewing Company. Oh, all right. They're actually a mother daughter team out of Oklahoma. Ooh, I like that already. Mm. Oak Town. Or, I guess it's not Oak Town. Oak State. <laughs> Oak City. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I guess it would be OKC. Um, and then last on this list is Bowen Arrow Brewing Company. 
I've I've heard of these I've I've heard of this uh brewing company because it's uh there's bow and arrow that which the one you are stating right now, but there's also a bow and arrow, B O W E N arrow. Ah. <laughs> I know, right? Yeah, but I have North Dakota. Oh yeah, so I've heard of bow I've heard of both. So I didn't know where they were from, but I knew they were around. That makes sense. I mean, there's a lot of, uh, um, what do you call it? Native Americans. Native Americans. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. <laughs> Indigenous Americans. Is, it, is Native Americans uh, uh, non-PC now or what? They are native to the land of America. Oh, yeah, that's true. Um, I also want to point out uh, Greenwood Brewing in Arizona. Uh, Megan Greenwood. The first woman-owned brewery in Arizona. And uh, so she's a friend of mine. Friend of ours. Been on the show before. And I think uh, with Strike, right? At least uh, a quarter-owned by uh, a woman in San Jose, California? Yeah, I mean, I... I I know there's a group of them. Yeah, well, I know, like, Drew Drew and Jenny are, like, the main two, if you will, right? Yeah, right. But I thought they had a, like a little team, like it was like they had like two other like maybe silent um, investors. Possibly. Well, yeah, we don't know the the percentage, but um, we know they have. Uh, Jenny is one of the, um, the leaders of the of that corp- of that I was about to say corporation of that business. So, strike brewing. I, I count I count them as a woman owned brewery. Also, shout out to ones that I didn't. Um... There are that that aren't on this list. Um, I just found a list to share, mm-hmm. and uh, you know, as the industry grows, I'm sure uh, women-owned uh, beer companies are going to grow just as it should, and they they should be increasing in numbers. The way I feel, because um, I think they're mi- underrepresented. Uh, New Belgium is one of the probably the biggest with Kim Jordan. Mm. Speaking of New Belgium, you got to try the new Fat Tire, man. I think it's good. I think it's great. I think it's better than the original. Mm-hmm. Wow. We'll we'll do that. You you got to do that beer first. Yeah, that, I'm I'm calling right now. That has to be your first beer, um, after this Lenten season, after Easter. Okay. <laughs> we might have to like. I know we record on Saturdays, Saturday nights usually, but we might have to record on Sunday. That way <laughs> you can talk about a uh, Fat Tire. Okay. You know what's funny is <laughs> Catholics they get they get all fucked up on a Fat Tuesday, right? And then they have to abstain. Well, th- those that you know choose to give up uh, alcohol during Lent, but then on Easter, then they get fucked up right again. <laughs> it's another fucking what three hundred twenty-five days of debauchery. Oh jeez, right? <laughs> it's like Mardi Gras all over again, <laughs> right? <laughs> For the rest of the year. <laughs> Oh man, so how's your whiskey treating you, man? Yeah, it's the packing punches for sure. <laughs> so you haven't gotten used to it, or you haven't done the uh, uh, what was it, the Rediger, um technique? <laughs> Rediger, <laughs> the timer tasting method. Oh yeah, yeah, that's right. <laughs> Do you think if you did that, it it wouldn't hit it as off, or it wouldn't hit as hard with every sip? Yeah. All right, because that's kind of like what it what it's it's supposed to like inundate you with all the the flavors, right? That that method, right? Yeah, but I don't know if it can inundate you with the. Uh, it just seems like it's hot for you. It's not the flavors; it's just the the hotness. Right. Yeah, this one just it's just packing a punch. All right. All right, so we are going to um, rate our drinks right now. Ooh, look, look. It's already three weeks in. I finally got it. Um, we're going to rate our drinks right now on Untapped. Well, I'm going to rate my beer on Untapped. And you uh, can rate your whiskey or not. It's up to you. Um, but right now, how, how do you like your uh, your Elijah Craig? Do you, do you feel like because week one, you rated your whiskey. Last week, you didn't want to rate it. You didn't feel like it. But uh, this week, would you like to rate your Elijah Craig? No, not really. No, oh, okay. <laughs> All right. I mean, I like it. I, I do like it. I mean, I know it's uh, kind of getting 
getting the, the better of me this mm-hmm. evening. However, um, doesn't deter me. All right, that's fine. Fair enough. Nemi, you're drinking tequila all day. If you switch to whiskey, it kinda, it's kind of hard. All right, but mine, my uh, big s'mores stout by Kitsune. I like it. I really like it. It, it. It's got the flavors, but it doesn't have all the sweetness. It's got a little bit of a little, little tiny little taste, a little taste huh? of the sweetness. Um, I'm going to give it a 425 just because of that. Because you see this, you see this can. It's got a, a, a double stacked fucking s'mores on it. And it says marshmallow stout. And you're thinking, all right. It's going to be a huge, heavy, sweet beer. But it's not. It's a, it's more of a stout than a sweet stout. So I don't know. I don't know how to explain it except for that. <clears throat> Excuse me. So let me rate this beer. I'm going to give it a 425. Did I say 425? 430. Excuse me. 430. Uh, for big... I gotta put the apostrophe after the S because that's what they have. See if they do that. Hitsune. There it is. Big S'more Stout. Oh, the overall rated of 3.92. None of our friends have rated it right now. Um, but I'm gonna check in at a 430. Excuse me. 430. And I'm gonna say S'mores Stout without. The over sweetness. I was about to say sweetness, but over sweetness. And save and check in. All right. Can't wait for you to get off. Uh, I mean, I admire you for, for, for abstaining beer for Lent, but I can't wait for you to, to get off so you can um, have fun with the uh, the tenth systems, you know, the point one, point two, oh, point three. <laughs> <laughs> All right, uh, going to our drunken shenanigans. A um, couple things uh, before we get to Mandalorian. I know, I know, I want to talk about that, but um, I went to the um, I went to the movies with my daughter this weekend and be- or today, in fact, and we went to go see Scream Six. And went over to um, the Westgate uh, AMC because the one over here in Surprise was kind of full up, right? So we go to the AMC at Westgate. It wasn't as full. Excuse me. And so I'm an AMC Stubbs member. So, you know, I wait with them in line for the concessions, buy the concessions. And then I told them I was going to meet them in the theater and go over to the bar and get a beer right and so i have to wait a while and i look at tap handles and one of them says sam adam seasonal lagunitas ipa and i think 805 those i'm like okay i'm gonna get one of those three i'm gonna ask what the the sam is and so i'm you know i'm waiting in line and finally i get to the front and uh i asked what the the sam adam seasonal was it took a while guess what the seasonal was because you know it's not this season october 5th <laughs> fucking being fucking Ned Ryerson over here. Um, yeah, right. you're, yeah, it was uh, it was Oktoberfest, <laughs> and uh, right when like right when I got up to the the front and and requested like someone from the you, know, you know someone from the staff was coming into the bar, not just um, me and the bartender, but there was a you know another worker there coming with uh, cases of of beer to you know restock the bar. And um, and he told me Oktoberfest. I'm like, really? He's like, yeah. I'm like, and he said, uh, oh no, the the other person said, oh, that was a good one. <laughs> and I looked at her and I'm like, yeah, in October. <laughs> <laughs> so like I so I got the Lagunitas because I wanted like a little extra oomph, you know. Yeah. So, so anyway, I thought that was funny. I thought was, I patted myself on the back. I thought that was a good one. <laughs> um. But I want to talk about Scream real quick because there was a scene in a convenience store. Um, Miller Core is all over the place. Yeah. Like every, any, I, I couldn't write, I, no, no other brands. Um, you know, like there was a, a it was pretty a chaotic scene. And so like 
They did. They did a good job. Like as far as even the food, you know, all the all the uh, the chips and the snacks and everything. But the only thing you can make out was like Blue Moon, and um, of course Light. And for some reason, when they needed a distraction, uh, there was a a not just a can on the floor, but a Coors Edge can. And it wasn't just a can. It was open, like totally open, not just cracked open, or not just you know, just like you know, crump. It was cracked open and crumpled. I'm like, wow, that was... And it was positioned in a way where, like, you could totally read the fucking label. It was... Yeah, it was... It stood out to me. You know, being a, a beer nerd like I am, <laughs> I, I totally fucking took it all in. So there was Blue Moon, Coors Light, and Coors Edge. So for Miller Coors, those are the three brands they're, they're trying to push. And But it was good, though. I mean, I got to admit, like, I saw the first three... But I had never seen four or five. Uh, so I, I was just gonna ask you. Yeah. Like how how like how did you like the movie? And then have you seen all of them? Yeah, um the movie was good. I liked it. I thought it was good. Um the two main characters, the sisters, uh the, the younger sister was played by Jenna Ortega, aka Wednesday Adams from the Wednesday Netflix um series. Um but they, they everyone performed well. Um I just thought the, who was the other sister? You know, I I don't know who uh who played um something Barrera. Forget her first name. They 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 must have had different dads because because when I was watching it, I was thinking like I know Jenna's supposed to be the little sister, but not like the like the smaller sister. <laughs> like they were like almost a foot difference in size. Jenna Ortega is a small person, but she's still a great actress and. They, everyone, everyone did great. I thought I, I never saw five, but it seems like if you saw five, you you would know like you would know like four of the main characters in the in this one. Yeah, Melissa Barrera. Oh, there you go, Melissa Barrera, and Courtney Cox was in there, dude. There's got to be a moment in time, in sooner than later, that she has to play a, a like a villain, like an evil witch or something. She's very, looking very skeletal these days. Very sunken. Oh, really? Yeah, compared to like maybe I would say like ten years ago when she was getting a lot of uh, um, Botox and stuff to plump up. Yeah, she's looking very. She's but to be honest, I mean she's still great. She's still funny. I, I think she's. I, I could see her as like a, a a villain, but also like you like her because she's she's uh, she, she could deliver funny lines. I think right now on IMDb, it's got like a 7 or 7.2. And yeah, I give it that. I thought it was a good movie. It's a it's a slasher flick. The flick. Because uh, when we got out, my daughter, she was saying that she um, she wasn't really scared or she didn't get like jump scares or like it wasn't tense. There was a couple of tense moments is, you know, when the ghost face was trying to, you know, um, stalk him or whatever in, in a couple scenes. But for the most part, it was more of a slasher flick. flick than uh than a thriller so but it's good i like sounds interesting i i like do you have paramount plus no i don't i have peacock but that's the only uh um broadcast uh, company uh premium i have okay because uh paramount plus like today um when um when I put it on, like all of the uh, streams were on there and they were like, Oh, in the popular movie section. Yeah, I can see that. I'd like to go back and visit like three, four, uh, four and five. Well, you can't visit if you never seen them. <laughs> I didn't say revisit. Hmm. Um, all right. So yeah, um, just wanted to give that, uh, just wanted to give my two beer ex- experiences today. Cause like I couldn't, I couldn't shake it. Oh shit! Real quick, there's another thing. Um, you remember? Of course, you remember JV from the Doghouse from Bond ninety four nine, and you very well know he's missing right now, right? An old DJ of of the Bay Area. Uh, yeah. Some say it's not just missing. They think maybe he. Uh, well, his wife put a letter on that. She's, she's has evidence that confident that he's not coming back so yeah yeah like he committed suicide right that's a speculation yeah off the bridge 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's what I heard too. The off the bridge thing too. Fuck. But there was a trailer for the Dungeons Dungeons and Dragons movie that's coming out soon, and they uh, they showed this part of the movie where they unearthed a corpse, right? And there was they get to ask him like a limited amount of questions, and then he was done. And of course, it was like, really, you can ask that? Yeah. Oh, what should we ask him? Whatever you want. You know, it's like they're wasting all their questions, right? <laughs> it's kind of funny. But it reminded me of that uh, when JB and Elvis used to do that, like, ask, ask the doghouse, like, segment on the show. And, and the people would call in. They'd be like, hey, am I on the air? Am I on the air? And they'd be like, yes. And then they hang up and go to the next caller. <laughs> it reminded me of that. But then I then I thought of JB. I'm like, fuck. God damn it. Wait, so this Dungeons and Dragons is like a comedy? Um, no, it's an it's an action movie, but there's there's comedy elements in it. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, but this is, you know what? There's a, and there's a new Evil Dead movie coming out called Evil Dead Rise, and I could have swore Evil Dead was like a a comedy movie. Well, it turned into a comedy movie. The original was kind of like campy, and it was I think it was Sam Raimi's first picture. And then like Evil Dead Two and Evil Dead Army of Darkness. I thought they were like you know Bruce Campbell like kind of campy and everything they were just trying to lean into that but this evil dead rise the next one is like total horror oh really yeah i i, I saw the uh, the trailer for it today all right let's uh transition over to the mandalorian season three episode two um what's it called like the man minds of mandalore right the i think the title of the chapter well, you know, I didn't catch it. Oh, okay. Well, I have it right here. Just see it. It is. Okay. <laughs> cool. Um. So yeah, so the uh, chapter three, um, it it started off with uh, Tatooine again, like Tatooine again. Like, is every fucking story about Star Wars come from Tat? If Tatooine is so, oh, you know what? I was about to say, if Tatooine is so popular, why is why doesn't the Empire have anything there? But maybe Tatooine is so popular because it is the one spot that the it's a blind spot, right? The Empire's blind spot. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I, I, know. I don't know either. It, it's a it's a hub in the outer rim. Mm-hmm. I think they just uh, just the. Uh, what you call it? has has plot armor, <laughs> or the, like the force, the force keeping it away from the empire. Yeah, yeah. Maybe the planet is force sensitive. Has anyone ever there thought of go. that? Like, let's write that into canon. Like, let's do a plot line about planets being force sensitive or not. That'd be interesting. Yeah. Anyway, on Tatooine is Bunta Eve, and I had no idea what Bunta Eve was, even though I I've watched Phantom Menace like plenty of times and it's been mentioned because of the pod racing but it's because of the nerd channels i finally watched the, uh both of them this week for season three and bunta eve is a big thing because one of the huts ascended into godhood in in Hatties, right or the hunt of uh, the hut culture right anyway it's bunta eve there's pod races they you know they show everything and then um pelimoto is swindling a rodent uh Rodian, excuse me for uh you know they did the whole like uh his speeder went down and she doesn't have parts his speeder went down because his parts were stolen and the parts got sold back to her and then she was gonna re it's it's a fucking it's a scam right right anyway din and grogu come up um land there and they uh they they're asking her for um, parts for to fix IG-11. And she's like, well, you know, they, they don't make those parts no more. What the fuck? But uh, um, she offers to sell them uh, R5-D4 to be their, um, their droid counterpart to go to Mandalore. And I didn't think this was going to work. And they showed R5-D4. And RDF R5D4, we've seen him before. We've seen the this droid. It was the 
droid with a bad motivator that uh, the Jawas are trying to sell Luke and Uncle Owen. Uh, yeah, did, the, the red R2 unit. Yeah, did, did, or uh, excuse me, R5 unit. <laughs> did did you recognize that or, or was it something like, oh, that looks like that dude? I kind of did recognize it, but I wasn't sure if, if that was the right one. Oh, okay. Yeah, and according to the nerd channels, yeah, it was. And the whole canon now was that, well, there, there's two schools of thought. Either R5-D4 uh, purposely blew his own motivator to... Oh, yeah, I heard about that. Yeah, to, to, to um, persuade Luke and Uncle Owen to buy R2. Or you could say that R2 persuaded uh, R5 to blow his motivator so that, um, so either way, um, R5-D4 is a pivotal moment in Star Wars uh, Saga. Right. Anyway, so he, he accepts and he goes to uh, Mandalore. See, at this point, like, I was like, wow, they're already going to Mandalore because... I thought uh, Favreau and Filoni were just going to draw it out like for another season, but no, we're, <laughs> season two we're already we're, or episode two we're already in we're already on Mandalore. That I mean, how'd you feel? Like, uh, did you even think about that? Or you're like, oh, this is the way the story goes. Um, as far as I, I thought, yeah, I, I wasn't surprised because, um, you know, we talked about uh, episode one of the of season three set up a lot. Mm-hmm. And you know, um, they can't they can't put it off. Mm-hmm. Uh, at least, at least uh, they can put the payoff off. But you know, they uh, th- that was one of the things because it's like, what is Bo-Katan gonna eventually reunite the the people, or are the people gonna get reunited after all? Or is it gonna be like a a false start where? They go, it looks like they're going to unite, but then something happens too. You know what I mean? Yeah, I was thinking, like, how, how far are they going to go? And it seems like at this point they are going to go. Um, they're, they're, they're ready to wrap shit up, I think, on, on this chapter or on this story. Right. Anyway, so they fly to Mandalore and they send out R5. And he goes and to collect, like, atmospheric uh, samples. So, it, so uh, Dean can be assured if he's gonna live or not, <laughs> right? That's that's what it seems like. But then he goes I missing. That was more for Gorgu because Dean has his helmet. Yeah. Uh, yeah. maybe, maybe. But why would he want to even take Grogu? Is I don't think Din knows what's going on. So, oh yeah, he just wants R five to go out there just to make sure that's- things are copacetic. Either way. Yeah, that's true too. Because if he was gonna go into the water. You know, he's going to have to take his helmet off again, I guess. Or mm-hmm. if the water is even safe to get into. That's another. I'm waiting for that little. Another check check. <laughs> I'm waiting for the little floaty thing that Grogu is on to have like a shield or like some type of dome that comes over it if he needs it. Maybe, maybe it dome. doesn't. <laughs> it's just like a stroller. It's like a floating stroller at this point. No, remember the intro of of uh, season two when they're at that UFC match or whatever. <laughs> oh, that's and right. Yeah, the, yeah, that's right. And he hit the dome. Uh huh. That's right. I forgot about that. Yeah, you're right. I got to revisit that. Not not only do I have to revisit the Scream franchise, but also um, the Mandalorian franchise. Thank you. Anyway, so he goes missing. Like the, the his little. Um, blip on the map goes missing so din jaren says like all right I, now i have to go see what's going on um so he sends uh um so he goes out there uh and he pressurizes his own um suit and uh hold on um yeah yeah he leaves grogu behind in the fighter Mando follows the signal into the cave where he's attacked by the three primitive aliens. For what they're called. Um, they, they say it multiple times, but I totally forgot. Uh, he's able to kill them and throws their bodies into the ruins below. He eventually finds R5 and they return to surface where Din and Grogu learn the atmosphere is fine to breathe. Because they get the reading. So 
They go to the cave and they fall through a completely devastating uh, Sundarius city, very similar to Star, of Star Wars fans to Clone Wars. Uh, Dim navigates them to the Civic Center. Follow a crap chef down. Blah, 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 blah. <clears throat> I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to summarize real quick. All right, so they, uh, they, Mando finds R5 and determines that the atmosphere is safe. So he goes back to Grogu, said, let's go. They go down and they, they encounter this bean, right? It's like a, it's like a droid, crab-like droid. Remember, and then they have the fight and then the, like the brain or the head of the droid falls down and... Um, kind of scurries away and then captures, uh, captures Din. And so he tells, uh, Grogu to go, um, to, does he tell Grogu to go get Bogatan or tells him to go get help? Yeah. Okay. No, I think, I think he said Bogatan finder. Right. And so, you know, Grogu, you know, even though he's a baby, so real he's, quick, real yeah. quick, but not the, um, that's the uh that little brain uh spider looking thing with the mm -hmm. with the <laughs> I guess with the, the exoskeleton suit or whatever. Um but those other like cave creature things. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Did, didn't they kind of remind you of the Lou Ferrigno Incredible Hulk? Yeah, a little bit, yeah. No, that's you like mentioned. That body style. Uh-huh. Yep. Like, like that build in the, the hair. I mean, I know they had like four eyes and stuff like that and they were mm. aliens, but and then even kind of like it was white makeup on him, but it, you could tell it was like the makeup looking, uh, a, um, I guess body or whatever. I gotta say, I like, yeah, I, I, Favreau and, and Filoni, they, they really try to keep true to the 1970, late 1970s style, like makeup and, and, um, tech that they had back then just to make the, the whole world seemed like, you know, symbiotic. Word. <laughs> Couldn't agree more, bro. Um, oh, so, so, so Grogu, you know, takes off. He goes to uh, find uh, Bo-Katan. And it, I, I thought it was, I, I laughed when um, the spaceship that that Grogu was uh, taking to, to Bogotan uh, flew into the atmosphere, and Bo was like, "You know what? Let's just end this one for all. Oh, let's just end this once and for all." Like yeah. she was just tired, like tired of of seeing Din, right? Pretty much. Anyway, so uh, she, he gets there, and uh, Bo realizes that uh, you know. Din needs his help, so she goes back. And oh, you know, let's go back, uh, real quick. The fact that uh, Grogu is like a kind of like he seems like a baby or an infant, he's still smart as fuck because he's like fifty years old or something like that, right? Yeah, yeah. So he's been around a while. It, they they just mature a lot slower than everybody else, but it seems like they're still just as smart as like a fifty year old. I, I can see that. Anyway, so they go they back. The yeah, they go back to Mandalore. And they break through the cloud coverage. She sees her home rule for the first time. She wistfully describes it to Gogu. Uh, for, for the first time, once again. And they go, they're going down. And she um, talks to Grogu about the Jedi. You know, she she's kind of like... She's telling Grogu, but she's really telling us, right? Like about the whole history yeah. of, of Mandalore. Yeah, they do a lot of narration like that. Yeah. Um. Uh, meanwhile, the uh, the droid plugs some uh, hoses into Jin and activates a pump, which begins to drain uh, blood out of him. And Bogatan arrives and fights the droid. He uses a shock staff to take her down, but then she gets her hands on uh, the dark saber. And make short works of it. And you know, I, I guess maybe I, I glossed over that point, but Din Djarin tries to, uh, he fights off the, the, those, uh, um, for the lack of a better term, like the, the inner earth of people. And he uses a dark sword, but he's like laboring. 
then but Bo Katan finds the Dark Sword and uses it to to take on that that droid, the crab droid uh, thing, and she has no problem using it, right? Yeah, I, I think she's more uh, more proficient. Yeah, but you have to like like the the dark saber has to like. It's got to like you in some point. It's got to vibe with you, right? Am I am I wrong in that uh, take on it? I believe that's right. Yeah. So obviously she's like, meant to wield it more so than Din anyway. It's like Thor's hammer. <laughs> yeah, Thor could Thor could wield it, and Captain America obviously, but now uh, maybe Iron Man. That's about it. Huh. Anyway, so. Um, Bo-Katan, after that, uh, Bo-Katan and, and Din, um, they discuss Mandalore and he thanks her for rescuing him. She's off, she offers him to take him with her, but he refuses and, uh, cause he's got to bathe in the, <laughs> in the, in the, the, uh, sacred waters of Lake Benetonka, <laughs> the Lake Mandalore. And then, uh, anyway, um. She decides to accompany him to the mines, but he's a bit uh, condescending. And when he gets there, um, Din, did did he like, I forget, did he go in there and then the he got taken by the mythosaur? Or would, did he like, do you remember? Yeah, the water, yeah. That must have been it. I mean, because he, he got deep really quick. Mm-hmm. You know I mean? Yeah. And, uh, yeah. And then also he, he, he like, falls to the bottom of this fucking lake, fucking Lake Tahoe. <laughs> and then uh, she goes after him, and, and she goes by the eye, this eye and tusk. That's all you see, eye and tusk. And all the beer nerd channel, uh, the, the beer nerds, I'm a beer nerd, but I'm talking about all the store star wars nerd channels are like oh that's the mythosaur like mythosaur number one what a stupid name it's a myth yeah. and it's a dinosaur a mythosaur i i just thought it was a dumb name but i get the whole signi- significance of it but I, I still think it's stupid um but yeah the these these the the nerds are saying like the mythosaur is not like a, an aggressive, like predatory creature per se. It's more of a, a, cause they talked about the Mandalore riding and they, they hearken back to the very first episode of the Mandalore where the Nick Nor Nick Nolte character, I forgot his name, but talked about, uh, the Mandalore riding these mythosaurs. And so it kind of ended right there. Like, uh, Bogotan saved Din Djarin from, uh, you know, what she thought might have been his final fate. But the question remains, is the mythosaur that they awakened, is it going to be ridden by Bo-Katan or the Mandalorian? B- Din Djarin. Or killed. <laughs> or killed, yeah. Or killed. But, I mean, it, it's, it's all, it all goes back to the first episode. That's why I think the fact that the nerd channels are like, bringing it up but then again hey it's all about the swerve right it's all about the uh, um the part you don't you don't see i harken back yeah, to I'm, when uh uh luke skywalker luke skywalker got killed yeah i mean that could go with it too like not only not only could bokatan like get the dark saber back show mm-hmm. up on the mythosaur to really unite people that would be cool dark saber mythosaur Mandalorians are like, hey, Bogotan, like we follow you. I don't think Mandal yeah. I don't think Din Djarin wants all that. I don't think he wants any. He's re- he's a reluctant hero. He doesn't want to lead anybody. He just wants to be left alone and, and just to live his life, I think. So I can see that. This is he thinks that a Jedi tree. Say the line. How's it go? This is the way. No, no, this is the way. No, the Jerry and Silent Bob. Holy shit, motherfucking Yoda and shit. Adventure, excitement, Jedi craves not these things. (laughs) 
All right, man. Anything else you'd like to add to this episode? Um, yeah. All right. Thank you for downloading yet again another Cold Brew Podcast. I am Greg. He is Sorcerer Chromatic. And we'd like to wish you cheers. Until next.